This is Critical Thinking Part 4, UFOs and Quantum Field Theory. It's Friday night, May 21st, 2021, and the U.S. military has recently released several video clips that seem to show extraterrestrials or UFOs or UAPs, whatever you want to call them, zipping around, defying everything we know about aerodynamics and flight, yet vehicles at hypersonic speeds accelerating from zero to thousands of miles an hour instantly. Those are feats that would liquefy the brains of pilots. So how do they do it? How is it happening? And who is behind the wheel? Is it possible that the UFO sightings could be aliens? The answer is yes, it could be aliens. But I think it's possible that the answer is much cooler than that. We know from our scientific experimentation with particle colliders, we've seen quantum particles particles pop into existence immediately before the collider smashes two particles together. And scientists think that when these particles smash together the little fragments, one of those fragments is called a Higgs singlet. And that Higgs singlet travels through a fifth dimension. So you have ordinary three-dimensional space, and then the fourth dimension is generally thought of to be time. But there's a fifth dimension that exists outside of time. And this Higgs singlet seems to travel through this fifth dimension. And when those particles smash and that Higgs singlet breaks free. It travels in that fifth dimension outside of time and it can essentially move back in time to the point before the collision. So to us, it appears out of the atmosphere in the place where the collision happens before we detect the collision. And what we have seen is that this Higgs singlet appears before we experience the particle collision, which means that the particles collide in the future and send that singlet back to the past, which shows us where the collision is going to occur in the future. And then we experience that collision at that exact place. So do you see it yet? Why this might not be aliens or these UFOs or UAPs might not be aliens. I know this sounds crazy, but I am crazy. In a few minutes, I'm going to be talking about quantum fields and using quantum fields to travel. And it's possible that like the Higgs singlet, there is an echo that jumps back into the past when we travel along these quantum highways. So it's possible that what we are seeing is our future selves traveling along these quantum highways in the future, causing echoes of themselves in their past, which is in our present. And there's one more reason that UFOs might not be aliens. There's something called the Fermi Paradox. And that stands for the idea that there are so many planets in the universe, and the universe is billions of years old, so why haven't we been visited yet? The potential answers are these. Perhaps we're in a distant part of the galaxy, kind of a backwater area and the juice just isn't worth the squeeze for them to come visit us. Or perhaps we're just not that interesting or rare. Maybe we're just like an ant farm and intelligent life just passes us by because we've got nothing for them. Or perhaps they just can't do interstellar travel yet. Or maybe they're hiding because they don't want us to know they're there. And maybe they haven't passed what's called the great filter. It's possible that they've already managed to destroy themselves like in a pandemic or a world war. It's not like we haven't tried that before. But anyway, those are are all really good reasons that it might not be aliens. So like critical thinking part one, two, and three, I'm going to lay out the rules and observations that I use to figure out how these spaceships can use quantum field theory to break everything we know to this point about flight. 
So on May 18th, 2021, during the Late Late Show with James Corden, former President Obama answered simply when asked about UFOs that there are some things I can't tell you. There are things that we don't know and don't understand, footage and pictures of objects in the sky we can't understand. The way they move, their trajectory, and there are people trying to figure that out. And the reason he made that statement was because on April 27th, 2020, the New York Times released Navy footage of a UFO. And on April 28th, the Defense Department confirmed that it was actually a UFO sighting by military personnel. And over the last couple weeks, the media has been interviewing pilots and other military personnel who've been talking about these UFO sightings that they've been making for the last couple years now. And it's not random that President Obama is talking about it, and it's not random that these pilots are talking about it. It should be obvious to everyone that this is a concerted media PR strategy that the Biden administration is using to release a bunch of information that the U.S. government has known for a really, really long time and they're trying to make it more palatable hoping that we won't notice that the government has been holding onto these secrets for a really really long time in any case we know that these ships move at ultra high speeds and change directions in ways that we are incapable of doing with our most advanced vehicle technology we know that these ships are unbound by space air and water that they can fly and travel through them seemingly at will without a change in their performance or configuration we know that there is no heat signature or apparent thrust and one time i ran across across one of Hillary Clinton's released emails on WikiLeaks, and it was a Apollo astronaut, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, who wrote an email to Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, and he was talking about concern that we were keeping secrets from the American people involving zero-point energy and galactic travel. When that email said zero-point energy, then I knew what I needed to figure out. I need So I watched a couple of TED Talks and taught myself quantum field theory, and then figured out how to generate zero point energy. So first we're going to cover a little bit of the alien tech history, which the conspiracy theorists are going to love. And then we're going to talk about basic quantum field theory. And then you're going to know exactly how those spaceships are flying and why they can do all of the things they can do. So in 1943, a state of the art project was started to build a computer. It used panel to panel wiring and switches using 18,000 vacuum tubes and a thousand square feet. It weighed 30 tons and was finished in 1946. Now, in 1947, a military base in Roswell, New Mexico, Roswell Army Airfield, issued a press release that it had captured a crashed flying saucer. And the next day, the statement was retracted and clarified that it was merely a crashed weather balloon. But then, in 1948, the microchip was patented. And a microchip essentially can do what multiple vacuum tubes can do. So it's a quantum leap in computing technology from the computer that they just finished a year ago. And in 1948, the Selective Sequence Electronic Calculator was created with microchips that was used to produce moon position tables used to plan the 1969 Apollo 12 moon landing. But guess what also happened in 1947? The same year that the flying saucer was discovered in Roswell, Ernest Suckelberg independently published quantum field theory. So a lot of stuff happened in 47, right? We found a flying saucer. Oh wait, no we didn't. We invented microchips and we got our first taste of quantum field theory. And in the WikiLeaks data dump of Hillary Clinton's emails, it unearthed something interesting. An email from Apollo astronaut Dr. Edgar Mitchell to John Podesta, one of President Obama's chief political advisors. 
Dated July 29, 2014, Mitchell requested a conversation with President Barack Obama on extraterrestrial disclosure and why the government is hiding the truth. And it said 50 years ago, Battelle, Brookings, and Rand studies on UFOs convinced the government to remove knowledge of the extraterrestrial presence from the citizens of our country. These organizations advised with their best information. However, today, much if not most of the extraterrestrial reality they examined is known by our citizens. These organizations' resultant strategies and policies of 50 years ago no longer hold credibility or benefit. In his argument for disclosure, Mitchell suggests a well-informed public would be better prepared for the next step of space travel and research, and that includes the utilization of zero-point energies, galactic travel and research, and a government that respects the wisdom and intellect of its citizenry. And two years later, in 2016, Dr. Mitchell John Podesta, now the campaign advisor for Hillary Clinton's 2016 election run, and Tom DeLonge, a UFO enthusiast and former frontman of the punk rock band Blink-182, exchanged emails about how to disseminate information related to extraterrestrials, technologies, and alien civilizations in the best way possible to prevent the U.S. citizenry from losing confidence in the United States government. And those emails discussed how to release information about alien technology and alien civilizations without getting bad PR. So that pretty much guarantees, in my mind, that aliens are real and they have been to our planet, and that is a fact. And it tells me that the alien craft that crashed in Roswell 1947 was legit and the technology that we pulled from that ship has been driving our technological innovations ever since. So there's no doubt in my mind that an alien ship crashed in Roswell. But I think the frequent sightings that we're seeing over the last couple years, they've occurred almost impossibly frequently. And in the presence of our military is where it's happened, who are maneuvering and training ostensibly in the places that they always maneuver and train. And so it's possible that the recent sightings by our military might not be aliens. So if we ever become capable of traveling through quantum fields. In the future, our UFO sightings over the last couple years could be echoes, Higgs singlet echoes of our quantum travel that have been thrown into the past that we are seeing today because we have already done the quantum travel in the future. So for my money, aliens exist. But all the sightings that our military is reporting over the last couple years in their training areas, they might just be quantum echoes of our future actions. And if you haven't listened to Domestic Abuse Part 1, Controlling Destiny Paradox and the Illusion of Choice, this would be a good time to go listen to that because you might not understand the sentence I'm about ready to say next. Because like the Destiny Paradox, this means that if we're seeing echoes of our future successful travel through quantum fields, that means we will, we must travel through quantum space in the future. Because in the future, it is our destiny to travel through this quantum space. And it also means that in the future, we may be able to communicate to ourselves, which we may be experiencing right now, which means we have already traveled to the quantum realm in the future. And right now, we've already done it. It's our destiny. But right now, we're just trying to understand what we've already done in the future. But in the email released by WikiLeaks, Dr. Mitchell references utilization of zero-point energies in galactic travel. So I need to cover the very basics of quantum physics next. So let's break down quantum field theory. Now I want you to think of these fields like your TV. In your TV, a pixel in your TV makes three colors at the same time, red, blue, and green. But it can vary the brightness of each one. And if you do a certain amount of red, blue, and green, then you can make that pixel look like any color in the rainbow. If your pixel turns off green and does 50% red and 50% blue, you get a purple. If you do 100% red and 0% 
everything else and you just get red. And you can get every color on the spectrum by varying the three levels of those red, blue, and green elements of that pixel. So when your TV flashes these pixels with varying, you know, lights and intensity and speed, if you're watching the TV, it shows you a moving picture that looks just like reality. But in reality, it's just like a million little pixels flashing red and green and blue and blinks of different color combinations within each pixel to give you that picture. Now imagine you're watching your TV and you're seeing the pixels all working together to give you your 4K HD resolution and those pixels are what we think of as particles like atoms. But we can actually go smaller than the pixel, right? We can go down to the red, blue, and green lights that are coming out of the pixels. So we could break those pixels down into three colors and that's the same as splitting an atom into quarks. The quarks are the three subparticles that represent the blue, red, and green colors inside each pixel. So if you're looking at a picture of a sunset on your TV, some pixels look orange, some look yellow, some look brown, but the pixels look those colors because the quarks, right, the red, blue, and green inside each of those pixels are the green quark, the red quark, and the blue quark just shining at different levels. So if we look at the TV in terms of pixels, we're looking at particles that are all colors of the rainbow. We call that particle physics. But we found out that it was, that wasn't all there was. There's a quantum field theory that explains much better what goes on and it totally answers all the physics equations of particle physics too. Now think of your TV and pretend that you turned off the blue and the green lights inside each pixel so all you can see is the red shine. Now the red shine in every one of those pixels all together would look like a red field on the screen where the red was in different intensities in different places across the surface. In some places it would be solid red. In other places on the screen it would show no red at all. And in others it would be something in between. If all you had on was the blue lights in each pixel you'd get the same thing. A field of blue of differing intensity and then you could do the same for green light too. But if you overlaid all the red, blue, and green fields at the same time your perfect television picture would come back into focus and you'd see reality, right? So guess what? Now you perfectly understand quantum field theory and physics. It's just like the separate color fields of the pixels in your TV. You've got the red field, the green field, and the blue field all overlaid simultaneously and our reality is the same way. Except in the universe it's not three quantum fields, red, blue, and green. In the universe there are 16 fields that overlay. 12 matter fields, electrons, quarks, and other particles that mean different things, and four force fields. Gravity, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, and the electromagnetic force. And they're all connected at certain points. And when anything in one field changes or moves, it affects the rest of the fields too. They're kind of tied together. And just the same way as your TV, when you overlay the red, blue, and green fields, you get your 4K image. When you overlay these 16 quantum fields, you get reality as we know it. And astrophysicists think that these quantum fields spread across the entire volume of the universe like 16 intertwined spider webs during the Big Bang and they string across the whole universe and ripples in the fields are called quantum fluctuations. And there's actually one more field called the Higgs field and the Higgs boson particle is kind of the glue between the electron and the electromagnetic field and we know that that is what determines mass. When the electron interacts with the electromagnetic field that is what determines mass and then mass is what triggers gravity because we know from sonic gravity and all these podcast episodes that the more matter there is the more gravity there is but remember that because for space travel this is a very important relationship because if we can make sure that the electron quantum field is not entangled with the electromagnetic force field then then we have no mass and when we have no mass then we can accelerate 
at hypersonic speeds and our brains won't get squished into the back of our skulls. Now let's cover zero point energy. Now the email from the astronaut Dr. Edgar Mitchell talked about zero point energy in interstellar travel. Zero point energy is vacuum energy. It's like quantum field osmosis. Remember osmosis that I talked about in cooking part two chicken breast insanity? It's the same thing. In chicken breast insanity we talked about keeping the chicken breast lubed with oil while you're grilling it. And don't catch your grill on fire so you don't need to stop drop and roll and no mercy killing smackatelli. We kept the chicken breast lubed with oil so that the relatively drier chicken meat on the inside would heat up and suck the oil off of the surface of the chicken to balance the internal fat of the chicken with the outside. That process is called osmosis and it's the force that tries to equalize, the force that tries to create equilibrium and move things from a higher state of energy, a higher concentration of fat to a lower state of energy, an equal fat concentration all around. That's the second law of thermodynamics but the quantum force that does this is called the weak nuclear force. It is what we think of as entropy and it tries to bring things from a higher state of energy to a lower state of energy. And I think I figured out how zero point energy can work to travel through space and it's super easy. So zero point force is named for this guy Casimir who saw this thing first. Casimir force is the osmosis pressure that exists when you create a spot where there is no matter then matter tries to rush inside so it can be equal. It's pretty much like a suction cup. You push it down and then it prevents anything from coming up under the suction cup so it generates a force that you can use to hang something on a surface. A force that will hold up whatever you hang on because even though there's no particle or mass inside there the field is still there and the field wants to be equal everywhere so the weak quantum force field will push matter against the suction cup and try and push matter through the back of the suction cup to get matter to that surface. And so if you imagine the TV again if you're watching your movie and then you turn off the blue and the green and all you have is kind of the red field. Now imagine looking at that picture. There's a bunch of places where red is really bright and then there's lots of places where it's solid black and there's no red at all and then there's somewhere it's kind of dimmer and everything. Well the weak nuclear force at osmosis is a field that's going to lay within there and through the red field and it's kind of trying to pull the red color toward the black color to try and level out all of the red color and it's doing it the same to the blue and the green fields too. The strong nuclear force though is the force that keeps the pixel together so that the weak force is sort of pulling on the color but the strong force is holding the pixel together and the colors together in one spot. So that's an example of how kind of five quantum fields could kind of interact. So now you can see just like how your TV can show you a picture in reality in the intersection of those hypothetical color quantum fields, you as a person like that picture on your television exist in the universe as the three-dimensional overlay of the 16 quantum fields. And now Casimir showed that you can theoretically create zero-point energy, which is force created by creating a void of no matter in space that the universe is trying to push matter into. Because the universe wants to push matter through those fields in the universe, and the pressure of the universe trying to fill that space can be used to push a spaceship around. He showed this by holding two metal plates together and running electricity through them, which creates a magnetic field outside of the plates and the magnetic outside those plates will keep electrons from getting in between the plates and since that creates a vacuum a disproportionate number of smaller number of electrons between those plates compared to outside the metal plates wanted to push together because there was pressure from the quantum field there was quantum pressure on the backs of those plates to shove them together but if you think about the shape of the metal tic-tac vehicles that we've seen they seem to be completely enclosed so I'm thinking if there were expandable voids like 
like concentric shells and expandable voids within those walls of the ship and then the ship was charged you might be able to create zero point energy around the ship and if you could create more zero point energy sort of behind the ship than in front of the ship and maybe enough zero point energy underneath to levitate the ship you could fly along and through the weak force quantum field throughout the universe by creating varying levels of Casimir forces on the different surfaces of the ship but there's this other problem the fighter pilots have said that they've seen these ships zoom 16 miles away in a second and that would be impossible for an organic creature like us to survive because our brains float inside our skulls which means that if we ever took off and accelerated at that speed our brain would be squished into jelly inside of our skulls so that necessarily means that the technology that's been discovered to allow this travel has also discovered a way to peel our electrons away from the quantum magnetic field because if we could create a hole in the quantum magnetic field then the electrons in our body might not register our matter as mass but i also found this navy patent that was filed in 2018 now listen to this it's a craft using an inertial mass reduction device comprised of an inner resonant cavity wall and outer resonant cavity and microwave emitters the electrically charged outer resonant cavity wall and the electrically insulated inner resonant cavity wall form a resonant cavity the microwave emitters create high frequency electromagnetic waves throughout the resonant cavity causing the resonant cavity to vibrate in an accelerated mode and create a local polarized vacuum outside the outer resonant cavity wall so that sounds a lot like generating some kind of hole, some kind of polarization in this magnetic field that could create zero point energy around the outside of that vehicle. And if you read that pen, it talks about inside the vehicle is a six meter disc that when spun at about 30,000 RPM with a certain charge, they claim to have created a local vortex of decolated energy particles and by polarizing a vacuum which is consistent with what we need to generate zero point energy that we talked about before straightening out the magnetic field in a vacuum and the patent says it can be manipulated by high frequency magnetic waves that if they created these high frequency magnetic waves it creates and adjusts a magnetic vector that can suck a craft in any direction with no inertial impact on the vehicle so it creates a zone of zero internal inertia meaning that you could fly through the atmosphere water air maybe even rock without any resistance from mass and that could be a form of quantum tunneling because the field would prevent a weight from having any mass it would disrupt the quantum fields and maybe allow something to pass through something else without actually touching it by manipulating the quantum fields that create essentially turning off all the colors in your tv in one spot that it could pass through you know it also could be uh super cavitation which is a way that one of these space spacecraft might be able to avoid uh, any kind of impact or resistance from traveling through water because this cavitation, this vibration creates a bubble of space uh, between the craft and the water so the water actually doesn't touch it and the craft can move through the water at supersonic speed. Now it could be possible that this patent is some kind of counterintelligence misdirection uh, by the federal government to kind of you know get the enemies of our country who might 
might steal that technology kind of off on the wrong foot. But when you think about it, you know, this spinning charge disc that creates an inertial reduction is what we need to survive really fast speeds. And since, you know, this cavity, this resonant cavity is what we talked about needing before to generate zero point energy, this patent really kind of checks all these boxes that we need to make this flight happen. And because we know we've seen pictures of the craft actually fly, I think it's a rational conclusion that this is how it actually works. So you've spent the last 23 minutes and 30 seconds orbiting in sonic gravity, viewing the universe through the eyes of a madman. And after this time, it should be clear to you that things are changing faster than ever before, and that is a fact. So I encourage everyone to check out one of the very first sonic gravity episodes, Evolution versus Creationism, because science without faith is two nuclear bombs dropped on Japan, and faith without science is the refusal to wear a mask during a pandemic because we hope God will protect us miraculously rather than accepting God's provision of an antiviral pharmaceutical technology and masks. Both of those extremist positions are certainly a path to destruction. So I think everyone should consider breathing in a little science and a little faith before we embark on this imminent technological acceleration so that we can pass through the filter together. Thank you.